Hello, wonderful friends. Welcome to Faith FM Drive Time. Welcome to Big Q&A. This is the show where we respond to difficult questions concerning God, faith, contemporary religion and the Bible. This is the show where we look at world religious trends in light of Bible prophecy. I'm Pastor David Butcher, lead pastor of the Seventh-day Adventist Church in South Australia, and I'll be your host for the program. Welcome to the program, wherever you may be joining us from, right across Australia. It's very interesting, you know, um, I was speaking with our co-host just before, and um, Lindy was telling me, and I'll introduce her in a minute, but she was telling me that her brother was listening to yesterday's program from Nepal. And so we want to give a big shout out if he's listening, but it just goes to show not only are we welcoming across uh, Australia our listeners, whether it's this program or any of the programs on Faith FM, but indeed people that are listening via the World Wide Web and the Faith FM app right across the world. So today, I want to invite you to put our Faith FM giveaway number into your phone. This is our SMS number. Put it into your phone if you don't have it there already. Put it in as a contact or write it down. Later in the show, you will want to SMS us on the number for our free giveaway. Our text line number is 04888-80811. That's 04888 80811. That number unlocks, if you like, all the various giveaways that we have on this Drive Time program. And so if you have that in your phone, when we come to give you the code word, if you like, that you can text, you already have our Drive Time number pre-programmed into your phone. Uh, our topic this week is the fire of revival Is it possible? This is week two of a series, but each and every program stands uh, alone in and of itself. So if you've missed previous programs, you can catch them and catch up on them on the Faith FM app. But today, our topic is, how do I incorporate prayer into my life? Joining me today is Lindy Sperring. She is our prayer ministries coordinator here in South Australia in the Adventist Church. Welcome, Lindy. Thank you so much, Pastor David. I must say it's a little daunting really to sit opposite pastors all last week and this week, but particularly you because you're not just a pastor or a lead pastor, you're my boss and the president of the church here in South Australia. So I promise to behave very well today. Now, to I just want to let everyone know, Lindy, that when you make a promise to behave... <laughs> It doesn't always happen, does it? Lindy and I go back quite a way, and uh, we've uh, ministered together in a church in Victoria, and uh, now our paths have crossed, or God has led us together again to to serve him here. Lindy, you're very pra- passionate about revival, the Holy Spirit, the infilling of the Holy Spirit, and also about prayer. Um, tell me, um, yeah, maybe just give us a little bit of an insight into what it was that made you so passionate about these topics? And uh, this is only an hour-long program, Lindy, so we, we need about two or three minutes. What was it that made you so passionate about prayer and the infilling of the Holy Spirit? So you want me to be truthful? All the time. So I grew up in Victoria, as you know, and I attended the Seventh-day Adventist Church. And I, I found that there was something missing in my own life, and perhaps even in the life of the churches I was attending. And I realized that what was missing was the Holy Spirit's 
amazing love that flows through people. You know, I lived in a time where there was a lot of dissension and issues going on in the church and I started to realise my need and, of course, I can't dictate what other people's needs are, but I saw that the church was missing something and I actually was hurt many times and I suppose that's what helped to propel me into becoming more passionate about prayer. I saw people failing in their spiritual walks. Um, I heard of people committing suicide, people's marriages breaking up, people with addictions and I thought that doesn't line up with what I understand what Jesus did. And so that's probably the impetus, if you like, Pastor David, for where I got that passion for prayer, revival, the Holy Spirit many, many years ago now. That's really good, Lindy. And I know um, before I even really knew you um, uh, more closely as a friend, as a young pastor, um, and you were certainly more mature than me, uh, as a young pastor. Just rub it in. I know, I know. As a young pastor, I had you come and present at my church. And I I didn't really know you. And you had written these prayer journals, and you were really promoting the importance and the blessing Mm. of prayer. And you still do uh, prayer journals, don't you, Lindy? Well, I've had a second round of printing. They're all gone now. We're looking to do some more. But, you know, we can always have a journal or a little exercise book to write things down because when you record it, you can go back and have a look and go, oh, yes, God answered that prayer and, and look what's happened here. And it's also a prompt, a reminder because you can often say, yeah, sure, I'll pray for you, but we can forget. And so it's a good reminder. Absolutely, and it's so so frequently. We'll be talking about prayer today, obviously, but so frequently we overlook the power uh, of prayer, the presence of of the Holy Spirit and of Jesus that we can that we can experience. True. When uh, prayer becomes a regular practice in our lives. Thank you, Lindy. I really appreciate that. Listen to Faith FM anytime, anywhere with the free Faith FM app. Available on the Apple App Store and the Android Google Play Store. So we're coming to our World Watch segment. Welcome back. And um, a really interesting and a critical uh, topic that I want to share with you today. And um, it's all thanks to Eternity News, their website. Um, It's an article that was posted on the 13th of May. Uh, so a bit over a week ago, if you like, 10 days, and um, essentially it's called Children of Church Families Feel Close to Jesus, but less so as they grow. This is a real, if you're a parent, this is a critical uh, thing that you will wrestle with as a Christian parent. Children of Church Families Feel Close to Jesus, but less so as they grow. It's written by Annie Ann Lim. How much does church shape a child? How important is church in a child's life? How do children view and experience Christianity, God and their church? Some encouraging answers to those questions were revealed from the 2016 National Church Life Survey, child survey in a paper released this week. Now, just for, for, for you at home there or you in the car, uh, the National Church Life Survey occurs at a similar time to the Australian Census, the Australian National Census, and it um, it uh, gets done in a whole range of Christian churches, and every denomination, if they take part, can look at the data for their own denomination, but also their own local church, and it provides some. It, it surveys everyone in attendance in that church, um, and uh, this is what this report found. 
The NCLS National Church Life Survey report faith formation in children at church and home paints a picture of positive and active spiritual life among church-going children. About 9 in 10 children of church-going families affirmed that they know that Jesus helps me, that God means a lot to me and that God helps me lead a better life. About 9 out of 10 said they believe in God, with about 1 in 10 not sure if God exists. Only 1% indicated they do not believe there is a God. 83% consider themselves Christians, with 15% unsure and 2% saying they would not identify as Christian. The survey, which is based on a survey of about 10,000 church-attending kids aged 8 to 14, reveals that Bible reading and prayer are both strongly valued in the lives of child churchgoers with about 8 in 10 saying the Bible is helpful to me in my life and prayer helps me. Only 4% feel going to church is a waste of time. Now this is really positive, isn't it, Lindy? Absolutely. The report goes on and this is where it turns a little bit and if uh, you're a parent or a grandparent or, or you uh, work in a child-related ministry role in your church, this is where it becomes disconcerting. The article continues, Unfortunately, some of the positive views decline with age, with the sharpest decline occurring from about the age of 10. The statement, I know that Jesus is very close to me, shows the greatest decline as children get older. That's mm. really something, isn't it, Lindy? It's sad. I know, that, uh, just saying that again, I know that Jesus is very close to me shows the greatest decline as children get older. Really sort of um, just talking about this, I'm thinking about Jesus' comments about little children and needing to have a childlike faith. It's almost, isn't it, Lindy, that as we get older, um, we lose that simplicity of faith. That's what I was thinking, David, and I think too when children start to step away from that sort of feeling of totally protected by their family and their parents and they go to school and uh, everything is more childlike, as they start to be exposed to the world and school situations, perhaps their mind is more spent in times of things like computers and schoolwork and, and all of those things, you know, they lose a little bit of that innocence and that trusting, if you like. Yeah, I guess they're changing, they're growing, as you say, and they're learning about themselves and about life. That's right. The article continues, most children gave positive evaluations of activities for children and youth and a little less strongly of church services. However, a considerable majority of children sometimes or often felt bored in services. That's an interesting point, David, and I think it, we need to get back to the parents. I've heard people talk about intergenerational worship. I've heard them talk about doing different things. But I remember with my children, uh, they would learn perhaps a, a bit of a discipline of sitting quietly, and I would have some some books and things age-appropriate for them to do that they didn't get any other time, just on Sabbath, like a Sabbath bag, and that they could sit during the service. I don't think it hurts children to sit through a service because I've heard of children who understand what's happening in the service and will actually engage if they're given that opportunity. And, look, that's very true. I've also heard research where, you know, children might be drawing or colouring in uh, during a church service and parents might think, oh, look, no one's listening. But, right. um, or the child's not listening, but surprisingly, they often take in some of the key points, which is critical. 
I think so. So forming patterns is important, obviously, isn't it? The National Church Life paper survey suggests that local church leaders might consider bringing something appealing to children into their adult worship times where young minds can often cast adrift. Also pertinent is that children express lower levels of a sense of God's presence and lower levels of learning about God in church services. This might suggest churches include age-appropriate teaching and learning methods that involve all generations, from children to adults in their worship, prayer, preaching and teaching. That's probably a good insight, isn't it, to consider that children when you're running any program at church. Look, it really is. And, um, you know, uh, for, our, for, for those people listening to us, you cannot see us at the moment. One day we might have cameras in the studio and people can watch. But next to me, Lindy, there is a, a very mature, wise man, isn't there? Yes, there is. I'm not sure he'll appreciate that view of him. No, and, and he's Pastor Gary, one of our best friends and one of our colleagues and, and the the anchor, if you like, of uh, Faith FM Drive Time Big Q&A. And Gary has been a pastor a lot longer than me, but I know that when um, I went through seminary and was starting to become a preacher and a minister, we studied homiletics, the art of preaching, and we were told to aim your preaching, your sermon, at the age of a 12-year-old. That's interesting. And that's not all just simply because of children, but I guess the the biblical illiteracy, I guess, of, of people today. The article concludes, it says, the most popular aspects of children's groups and activities were being with people of their own age, learning about God teaching time, and their leaders Music and singing were the least popular activities, with 8% saying they don't like them and a quarter being unsure. So, Lindy, um, just... It's a shame about the music because it's such an important part of worship, really, isn't it? Look, it is. And and I think, too, there are differences um, in my own experience uh, with uh, boys and girls as they grow older. And uh, I think many churches may struggle to keep young men. Mm. Um, And so we've got to be conscious of that. Children full stop and young people, but young men. So, Lindy, what advice would you give? Well, I don't know that I've personally got advice. As I look back in my own situation, I probably failed in many ways. But I looked up what Focus on the Family say, and I really agree with this. Raising children to follow Christ requires your faith and trust in the Lord's plan. So to grow in wisdom, your children must first learn God's word. And I think that's so important. And I hope that today in, in, in children's Sabbath schools that they are teaching and possibly Sunday schools, of course, as well. But those sort of school type activities for the young children in a church setting that they're learning God's word. In our church, we used to have JMVs and other programs. And I know in our pathfinders and so these are young people, young people programs for, for those below 10 and, you're talking about pathfinders, that's equivalent to scouts, I guess. Yeah, equivalent to scouts, and they're learning the scriptures. And I think that that's an important part of it, because if, if children learn the scriptures and learn God's word, it possibly will maintain throughout those those difficult years of transitioning into their bodies developing, their, their friendships, all of the sorts of things that impact their relationship with God. Oh, look, that's very true, Lindy. And I, I really think there is a value of young people being together with older people because Absolutely. there is a blessing for the older ones in being able to mentor and nurture. And it might simply just be by knowing the child's name, by talking to them gently and kindly and 
And being there as a mentor, people need mentors. And Absolutely. I reflect on my first church, uh, particularly a gentleman called Ray, and um, he had been a what we would call pathfinders, a bit like scouts leader. And he and his wife didn't have children of their own, but they they led this group of young people, you know, 30, 40, 50 young people at times for years. Uh, different families came through, and they were parents, if you like, to so many young people. And, yes. and I was there at uh, his 90th, oh, wow. and uh, many people came back from decades before to celebrate with him and reflected on how this man had made them feel part of church life. And I think that's critical. Cool. Lindy, um, we need to, to move to an ad. But before we do, uh, we'd like to hear what you think about um, how young people can be engaged as they grow so as not to lose their faith. So how can we engage young people better in church life as they grow? Send us a message on the Faith FM drive time number 04888. 80811. That's 04888-80811. How can we engage young people better in our churches? Let's go to some music. It is um, Keith and Crystal, Getty and Alison Krauss in Christ Alone. In Christ alone, my hope is found. He is my light, my strength, my song. This cornerstone, this solid ground, firm through the fiercest drought and storm. What heights of love, what depths of peace, when fears are still and striving cease. My all and all Here in the love of Christ I stand In Christ alone Who took our flesh Fullness of God in helpless babe This gift of
Till he returns or calls me home Here in the park of Christ I'll stand A beautiful song there from Keith and Kristen and Getty and Alison Krauss in Christ Alone. Welcome back to Faith FM Drive Time. Our topic this week is, is the fire of revival possible today in our life? And today our question is, how do I incorporate prayer into my life? But before we get to today's topic, our free giveaway book, and for this you will need to text us um, on our specific Faith FM Drive Time text number. Uh, the text number is 04888 808811, and you need to text the code SA47. The giveaway is the power of prayer and fasting, the power of prayer and fasting by Danny Vieira. Now, this is an incredible book. Uh, we know that Jesus talks a lot about uh Prayer and it's often associated with fasting in Scripture. And so, unlock the power of prayer and fasting by Danny Vera. You can have this book. All you need to do is to text the code SA forty seven SA forty seven to our number o four triple eight eight zero eight eleven, and then the Faith FM giveaway bot will reply asking for your details. So the text code. Uh, is SA47, that's the letters SA and the number 47, to 04888811. Lindy, uh, we've got an incredible topic today, don't we? But before we get into that, I did sort of let the cat out of the bag. Uh, I'm got, I've got pea plates on uh, as host of this program, and next to me I have someone that is, uh, well, he's had his license renewed numerous times, and he's a... He's a very fluent. It's a frightening thing, David, sitting beside your boss and uh, and telling him, you know, how to uh, how to run the system and hoping like crazy that uh, he does actually do it. I was planning to sit here in silence and and say absolutely nothing, but uh, apparently that's not possible. It's not. And Gary, look, let's let's continue to be very honest. You've never had any problem telling me. What I should do, but Gary, I really, I enjoy, I really enjoy um, being on the radio with you. I prefer to be in the co-host rather than driving this equipment that you so you do so well. Uh, but Lindy is our co-host today. But Gary, seeing we've uh, let people know you're here, the cat's out of the bag, so to speak. We'd love you to join in on our conversation now, our Bible study time. So, Lindy, um, our topic today is how do I incorporate prayer? Into my life now. This is a really a practical topic. So, Lindy, happy for you to take it away from here. Well, very simply, prayer is talking with God, and I think sometimes people don't realise that that really is all it is. It's talking with God. It's it's having a relationship with Him and talking with Him, just like the three of us here are talking this afternoon, mm. this evening. We're talking. And, and sharing. And if you're not used to praying regularly, perhaps we can offer some insights. And that's what we want to talk about today. How could you incorporate prayer into my life? And both of you pastors, I think you would have realized that if you're not praying, then your lives are different. Have you got a little story, either of you, about the difference that prayer's made in your lives? Yeah, look, I do, Lindy. I, I know, um, just, well, Gary, do you want to go first here or not? I, look, Lindy, I know in my ministry, um, 
there was one particular gentleman I was um, doing Bible studies with, and um, he was a, in, a, in a factory in a carpet mill in a small regional city. And he was coming to some evangelistic programs I was running, and we got to the topic of what the Bible says about the Sabbath and when it begins. And the Bible talks about it beginning at sundown, sunset to sunset, evening to evening, uh, Friday night to Saturday night. And um, it's a day of joy. It's a day of blessing and worship and family, etc. But the Bible talks about not doing our own pleasure, our own work. And mm-hmm. I knew that this man uh, did not have many other qualifications. He was working night shift on a Friday night through to early Saturday morning. And so I was, as the week went by and we were drawing near to this topic, I was thinking, God, how is this going to work? And, um, you know, I've been really thinking about worrying about it. And then I took committed to prayer. Mm-hmm. And um, the week that we were to cover this topic, um, this young man, this man came to me and he said, you know what, David? He said, I've been reading this book about what Seventh-day Adventists believe and, and what the Bible teaches about the Sabbath. And he said, you know, I felt really convicted that I needed to go to my manager and say, listen, can I do day shift instead of night shift on a Friday? And as he said that, uh, I just this weight was lifted from me. And I said to him, you know, I've been really stressing about this, and I shouldn't have. I, I said, and a few days ago I took this to prayer, mm. and God was already working on your heart before I, before I needed to even worry about it. So that's a little story from me. Amen, mm. that's great. Mm. Pastor Gary, I'm sure you've got a 100 stories. Oh, look, look, there's, there's so many that you could, uh, could speak about. But to me the thing that uh, really jumps out at me is the way uh, prayer functions in the life of the church. I mean, I, I well remember on one particular occasion I uh, – uh, I had a uh, one of our uh, one of our youth groups actually uh, were really really struggling uh, in uh, in their uh, time together. There'd been power struggles that started to, to kick in. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a lot of uh, people uh, uh, anti each other, uh, and the whole ministry that we were uh, having at that particular time uh, was effectively breaking down. And um, one particular evening, I I, I still uh, remember this. That the time came when uh, the youth leader actually um, said to myself, he said, "Look, you know, we really need to uh, uh, to deal with uh, with this, and uh, we need to talk about it." and uh, Cut a long story short, he invited about 35 people uh, to uh, uh, to his home and uh, uh, I was there with them and uh, I shared, a, uh, you know, a few thoughts. I, I tried to outline the, uh, um, the uh, what the issue was and then uh, he said something. It was him that said it and coming particularly from a layperson, it was incredibly powerful. Uh, he said, uh, oh, look, guys, uh, I'm really conscious that we need to be praying about this issue. The reason we've got these power struggles in this church is because we have not been praying together. He said, this is what I want you to do. He said, I want you to turn around and I want you to uh, to go and to every person in this room and I want you to pray with them individually. Amen. Now, at that time, I looked at my watch. I have to admit that. I, I, there was close to 30 people in that room. And, uh, you know, I was doing my mental calculations. <laughs> hey, look, you know, yes, I, I believe in prayer. I believe this is important. Um, prayer is vital. Uh, but he suggested, so he had suggested it. He put it on the table. So what should, could we do but turn around and do what he, he asked? Um, and so, uh, we had about, about three minutes. With each, uh, with each person going to them, um, and just praying with them 
and for them. Wow. And uh, uh, that was that was an incredibly powerful experience. Now, now remember, we had started with a with a light meal. That was about six o'clock. We had come together by six thirty, quarter to seven. Uh, by the time we'd finished our prayer time, uh, it was pushing nine o'clock, and we hadn't even started what the agenda was. Um, <laughs> The thing that stood out to me, however, uh, was that at nine o'clock, um, uh, uh, someone brought, are we going to talk about the subject? And then somebody else came along and said, well, I think the issue has been resolved. Amen. And uh, at that point, uh, the, the, the power had actually dissolved and the group was actually able to function and work together. You know, I still remember that and I certainly went home incredibly blessed because of the way that prayer had actually solved an an amazing issue. It's so often to overlook um, the power of prayer, isn't it? We, We think often and we see it often that people pray when they begin a worship program, they'll pray when they end, and it's almost like their bookends the necessary things, but we want to get to the thing in the middle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We you know? have to actually solve, is what it says. We have to solve what is actually going on. And when you think about it, you know, some, and I'm sorry for taking over here, but, you know, some of those issues in, um, in church life are very real. And particularly when you come to issues like church conflict, but the reality is so much church conflict is actually tied up in power struggles. And it's when you deal with the power struggle that you actually resolve the conflict. I really, really like what you said, Pastor Gary. And perhaps all of us can take note of that, that when we're dealing with difficult situations in a church and we go to these meetings, probably we should spend the first hour in prayer. And you should probably say, I want you all to go around and pray with each other and then see if there's still that issue has the yeah. same power that it had yeah. before. Yeah. And so prayer, prayer is talking to God and, and corporate prayer like you've experienced is so important. Personal prayer like David experienced is so important. And I think many Christians grow up in the church, but they never grow in Christ. They know hymns, but they don't know him. And it's again that intimate relationship with God. And Lindy, um, you're okay if I interject. I'm gesticulating, getting fired up here, stopping me. You're like uh, (laughs) the Mediterranean culture, which is so fantastic. Look, one of the things that that you touched on there uh, is, um, you know, we might be churchgoers, and we we might sing hymns or whatever, but we may not know Him. Um, The disciples grew up uh, in the Jewish culture. They knew how to pray, but when they heard Jesus pray, uh, they said, Lord, teach us to pray. pray. There was something different. They saw amazing things through this relationship that Jesus had with God. You know, a a very well-known writer, Ellen G. White, she's the most prolific female writer in the world, said, prayer is the breath of the soul. Now, soul is a person, us, and it's the breath of our soul, so we are a living soul and we need to breathe every day. If you and I stop breathing, gentlemen, what happens? We start to go down, faint, perhaps die if Ultimately we don't stop die, breathing. Don't we? So we need to breathe every day. So, And I've seen people dying. I've worked in aged care and it's not very nice what happens to their fingertips and their toes and their general pallor as their heart slows down and as the blood stops circulating around their body and it's sad to watch but it's the same with people whose lives are are lacking the power that prayer can give lacking the um, that personal intimate relationship so we've established that prayer is important but people who are listening might think well how do I incorporate prayer into my life 
there are so many ways. Personally, I know that if I don't spend time with the Lord every day, then my ministry is very much diminished. Now, I don't know. Do you know of couples who have date nights? Do you gentlemen have date nights with your wives occasionally? That's a very personal question. Colin I'll hand over to you, Megan. Gary. We, we, we actually have uh, a Sunday lunch. It's the, it's the one time Colin teaches. Um, I'm fairly full on the rest of the week. And uh, so pretty much every Sunday lunch we'll, we'll go out and, uh, and just uh, spend, some, spend some time together. And, th- and that's just so important yeah. because it helps to facilitate your relationship, the closeness you can share. David, what about you and Megan? Yeah, no. Or you're away too often. You go bike riding, don't you, David? Yeah, we, I mean, you we, make the make Megan work. I well, what else would you do? No, so look, Megan and I both love cycling together, and also getting a uh, getting away maybe couple of times a year, just the two of us for Which a night so or two. It's so important for it, your relationship. It's critical, isn't it? So how can we have this relationship with God and how can we have peace in our lives and have the understanding of what he wants us to do? Let me just tell you a little story. Some years ago, I was woken up in the middle of the night with this prompting to pray for our son Trent. At that time, he was at Avondale College doing uh, studying and... I thought, well, I'm not sure what this is about, Lord, but I knelt down by the bed and I prayed for quite a while until I felt a sense of peace, hopped back into bed and thought not too much more about it. The next day, later on the Sunday, it was a Sunday, Trent rang and he told us he'd been out at the beach with some other students and that he got caught in a rip and he nearly drowned and one of the, the theology students dived in and saved him. And I just took that to that the Lord knew this was going to happen Mm -hmm. and he just prompted me to pray because let's face it, there is an enemy of our souls that tries to attack us, our families, and when we're open to the Lord's leading and when we ask the Holy Spirit to live in us, he will prompt us in so many ways. Look, he he really will. And we uh, I heard a story one day from a minister's wife and um, well, I didn't hear it from her, but it was about a minister's wife, and she was in on a Melbourne train one day, and uh, travelling through um, Melbourne uh, late morning, so the train wasn't crowded. She hopped on the train, and um, there was someone sitting. When she got on, someone sitting opposite. So she sat down. There's someone opposite, a lady, and this Christian uh, pastor's wife. She noticed that this lady opposite her was talking uh, and and actually even praying. And so this Christian lady, uh, pastor's wife, was observing this, and she felt really emotional. Hey, isn't it wonderful that you know here's a fellow believer? And um, when this other lady opposite her finished praying, the pastor's wife got up, went across to this woman, sat next to her. And said, isn't it wonderful, uh, the gift of prayer? Something to that effect. And the lady that had been praying said, yes. And then the pastor's wife said, isn't it wonderful we can pray to God? And uh, this woman looked at the pastor's wife and said, God, I wasn't praying to God. Uh, Every day at this time, there are hundreds of people across Melbourne that are praying for the downfall of Christian pastors, their families, and Christians in general. And so I guess my point is this. Often... Who were they? Who was she praying to? She was praying to Satan, mm. and there may be people more committed to prayer, praying to the devil for his power, than those that claim to be Christians. I hope not connecting to the power of God. Oh, you could be right, but I hope that isn't the case. Absolutely, and the Bible tells us in First Thessalonians five sixteen to pray without ceasing. Now, I pray in the car. I pray 
Often when I'm driving, I keep my eyes open, but I also have that personal prayer time in the morning. And I've got a little outline that may help some of our listeners establish a routine. So I've got a mind that sometimes doesn't rest very well, and lots of people have, particularly in today's society with so much going on. And so having this little outline helps me to stay focused after I've read my devotional and read the Bible. So the first part of this, five parts, is praise and honour. So in starting out in my prayer, I praise God for who he is and remember some of his attributes. And then there's confession and repentance, because I want to come to the Lord with no sin or something in my life that could hinder my prayers. And just, then, just on that, Lindy. Yes. Um, the Bible talks about it, doesn't it? If we've got something in our life and we don't confess, that God won't hear us, doesn't He? That's right. That's exactly so right. confession is critical if we want our prayers to to really um, be heard by God. If we have sin in our heart, He yeah. won't hear. And so it is important to make sure. And it's not the time today to talk about what sin is, but it's. Do you think, Lindy? Do you think that that is something that? Uh, uh, might become a barrier to some people because I'm conscious that there are some people out there that uh, may have, you know, a guilty conscience about some uh, some issue. Absolutely. Now, you know, I mean, does this become a barrier? Do you think to uh, to coming to God? Absolutely not. We can talk to God at any time or in any way or in any place. I just know for me, Pastor Gary, that if I if I follow this little sort of five steps, I, I can keep my mind more focused and I can ensure that perhaps that there's nothing that, as David said, we don't want to block our prayers. We want to be able to hear the Lord. And if the enemy has strongholds in our life and he's impacting our lives, then our prayers perhaps don't have the same power that they might have. God will always listen to us no matter what our situation. So I think that's a very good point, Pastor Gary, that we need to make sure people understand. So, Lindy, the first point was of the five. Praise and honour. Praise and honour. Praising God. Confession so, and so repentance. The first one is praising God for who he is that's right. and what he's done. The mm-hmm. second one. Well, confession and repentance. And, and the third one. Well, then interceding. I'm praying for my family, praying for my children, my parents, praying for others, praying for Helen Gray, who normally is on the radio. One of our presenters, way. yes. One of our presenters who's not very well. You know, there's always people and situations to pray for, praying for you pastors, praying for the conference leaders. And then after that... Let's I- just stick on the third one, Lindy. We're going to go for a break. <laughs> in a minute. You're so full of passion, which is wonderful. So the third one is interceding or praying. Praying for other people. That's right. You know, I did a funeral uh, last Friday morning for um, a family, a lovely family, and from a church I used to pastor. And um, at that funeral, there was another family member there, uh, an elderly lady, and she came up to me after the funeral. And uh, she's a family a lady that had lost uh, a number of loved ones. And she said to me, she said, David, she said, I pray for you and your ministry every day. And this is a lady that I, I, I stopped pastoring in that church in 2015. Mm. So interceding is important. Absolutely. In fact, um, Jesus in Luke, uh, I think it's Luke 20, uh, 23. Uh, no, before Luke 23, in the Garden of Gethsemane, um, he before that, after the, the Last Supper, he talks about how um, you know, he was praying for Simon Peter. Mm. how Satan wanted to sift him. Mm -hmm. Uh, But he said, I've prayed for you, and when you return to me, strengthen your brethren. Mm. 
So Jesus was letting Peter know in advance, before he fell, before he betrayed Jesus, he was letting him know that he was interceding for him. So Jesus practiced intercession. Absolutely. We need to too. Now, Lindy, I know you've covered three. We're going to pause. We're going to have some music, and we're going to come back for those last two to keep our listeners in suspense. So we are going to hear I'd Rather Have Jesus from Alison Krauss and the Cox family. Welcome back. A very topical song, I Would Rather Have Jesus. Uh, we want to encourage you to grab your phone and text us for our free giveaway book. To get this offer, it's called The Power of Fasting and Prayer by Danny Vieira. The Power of Fasting and Prayer. To get this offer, text the code SA47 to our number 04888 
80811. And then the Faith FM giveaway bot will reply asking for your details. So text the code word SA47. That's the letters SA and the number 47 to 04888880811. We'd love you to get this book, The Power of Fasting and Prayer. Lindy, I did touch on earlier that, um, you know, fasting and prayer has been a significant part of your Christian walk. Talk to us why fasting is so important and integral to prayer. I suppose I came to understand this principle of prayer many, many years ago when we were praying for people in our church. And so I've practiced fasting many, many times. I try to fast for at least two meals a week and spend that more time in prayer. And the Bible does say, Pastor David, is this not the fast that I have chosen to loose the bonds of wickedness? Well, we're living in a world that is becoming increasingly wicked. In the last days, perilous times shall come. And fasting adds power to it. I haven't got time today to talk about all the ways. Not only that, fasting is is good for your health, good for your self-discipline, good for a reboot if you're struggling with addictions. It's good for so many things, but it certainly adds power to your prayer life. Brings clarity, doesn't it, to to thinking uh, around important decisions. We know, obviously, Jesus was fasting, wasn't he? Um, in the wilderness, Mm. and um, that was just before he began his public ministry. Mm -hmm. Uh, We also know that um, uh, fasting was was something that uh, many of the religious people did in that time and still do. Esther uh, had people fast before she went into the king, and obviously during that fast that she undertook and others, there was prayer involved to God. So, listeners... We'd love you to get access to this free giveaway book, The Power of Fasting and Prayer. Uh, text the code SA47 to our number 04888880811 and we'll get that book to you. Uh, Lindy, we've been, and Gary, Lindy, you've been sharing with us about some um, keys to prayer that you have found very helpful so that you your mind does not wander when you pray. Uh, there are five you've said that you utilize. Uh, what, what are those first three again? And then we'll get you to share number four and five. Well, praise and honor, confession and repentance, and interceding and supplication. So you're interceding for others. And then as we're sort of winding up the prayer time, beseeching the Lord for myself, And normally I would ask the Lord to strengthen me, to give me times during the day to share my faith with others, to for the Holy Spirit to work through me so it's not my fleshy, carnal nature, if you like. It's Christ in me, the hope of glory. And the end is sort of gratitude and thankfulness, an attitude of gratitude, so important. So that like... I'm not saying everybody has to pray this way. No. I'm just saying that it has helped me when I have my morning worships to have this praise and honor, confession and repentance, intercede and supplication, beseech the Lord for myself and gratitude and thankfulness. And I've just found that really helpful in prayer. You know, I've started a Prayer Power Adelaide site and I try to put things up there about prayer. And one of the things I put up once was learn God's will. Live God's will, pray God's will, because that's what I've discovered has added power and weight to my prayers being answered. Learn God's will, read the word, the Bible, live his will and pray his will. And it's very, very powerful to be praying what God wants us to pray. And as I consider prayer, like the disciples you said before, they asked Jesus 
Lord, teach, teach us to pray. Teach us to pray, Lord. And I think that he gave them some beautiful principles, which we discussed last week. But Pastor David, they probably started to really learn about prayer during during the time before Pentecost and through the experience of praying. And sometimes when we get in a tight corner, we, we might be drawn to our knees. If, if a, someone that we love is sick and unwell, we just really want to pray for them. We really want to come before the Lord. There's a little saying that says, keep your wants, your joys, your sorrows, your cares, and your fears before God. You cannot burden him. You cannot weary him. Yeah, isn't so it that doesn't powerful? matter what we're going through. God wants to hear from us, not because he demands it, but because he loves us. You know, it's like Mother's Day and Father's Day. The parents are waiting. They can't wait to hear from their children. They love to hear from their children, and God is no different. He isn't. Uh, Gary, I've heard you speak uh, on Acts chapter 4 about the disciples when they came together after being forbidden to preach and they came together and they prayed in Acts chapter 4. Um, they're in this house and they begin this prayer. Uh, they're all with one accord and it says, Lord, you are God who made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them. And they went on to talk about how the nations rage and the people plot vain things, quoting scripture and the rulers were gathered together. And they talk about God uh, for truly against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate with the Gentiles and the people of Israel were gathered together. Do whatever your servant, uh, do whatever your hand and your purpose determined before to be done. And then they, they plead with God for boldness. Now, I don't know if you remember this talk, but it stuck in my mind. What happened, do you remember, at the end of, of that? When oh, look, David, this is, this is, to me, is one of the most powerful stories in the whole, in the whole New Testament. You know, we often talk about the first outpouring of the Holy Spirit. But to me, that's actually incredibly, an incredible, um, um, picture that's painted there. But to me, the thing, one that is not spoken about very much at all is actually the second outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Because what you find here in Acts chapter four, you get the second outpouring of the Holy Spirit. But, uh, what's happened is the people of been um, uh, forbidden from preaching in the name of Jesus. The disciples come to prayer. But I'm really interested that in their prayer, what they pray for is boldness. Mm -hmm. And uh, in that prayer for boldness, uh, the result is that they receive the second outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Um, They pray for bold boldness. Mm but they receive the Holy Spirit. In other words, in some way, that prayer for boldness uh, is something that actually results in the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. To me, there's a causative effect there, and to me, that's powerful. And this is really what Lindy's saying, aren't you, Lindy, about um, the power of prayer and the importance of prayer. These, these men and women, they were fearful. Mm. Uh, the doors were locked in that upper room on the the resurrection morning for fear of the Jews and yet 50 days later at Pentecost they're full of boldness Acts chapter 4 the house shakes that's it and we need that same boldness today Pastor David Pastor Gary you know I think there might be some listeners who feel like your spiritual life has been waning you want to have more faith more peace more joy and perhaps even be really more involved with the work of God we don't all need to be pastors or church administrators or leaders in the church to be doing what God wants us to do so if you want that prayer is the answer you know Lindy for that you know one of the things I just I don't want to break in on you here but you know one of the things that I find really important I know in my life is that I actually have to set a time where I say hey this is 
my time with God. In fact, I do the same with my exercise program that this is, you know, I am walking between uh, six and seven in the morning. That's my, my exercise time. Before that, I actually try to spend uh, time uh, in prayer. And, uh, okay, I'm an, I'm a morning person. That's when I'm up. That's when my mind is you actually moving. You get in moving. the habit of it, don't you? Pastor you get into Gary? the habit of it. And everyone uh, knows. Colleen knows that that's your time. Well, everyone else is still in knows. bed. Everyone else is still in bed. I don't annoy anyone. <laughs> the only person who hears me is the cat. And, um, you know, he comes and, uh, uh, and makes love to me most mornings. Uh, I shouldn't say it like that, should I? You but know? It's, sac- it's a sacred time, though, isn't it? it you've, you've put that time aside. It's sacrosanct to you. Nobody is allowed to take that time from you, even yeah. if they were up in the morning, because yeah. you want to spend your time with the Lord and you want to do your exercise. And I think that this is what I think to make ourselves accountable. In fact, if you look at my diary, you actually find I've got two notations at the top of every day. Uh, one of them is um, prayer and devotional time. The other one is exercise. And I actually write it in my diary and I put myself a tick. Uh, and with my exercise, I actually how much time I've actually spent doing it as well. So, uh, so, that, so it becomes actually a priority. And uh, now it's become a habit. And that habit is just something that once you're into a habit, it's jolly hard to break. And I suspect sometimes you are praying while you're exercising because I know that sometimes I do. Something will come to my mind and I, and I ask the Lord to intervene. Yeah. I think that's the critical thing, isn't it? Regularly having a pattern and a time. Yeah. Uh, and, and you said it before, Lindy, and I know it myself. When I don't prioritize prayer, there is a, a lackluster, there is something missing. Absolutely. And, and we all live in a busy society. All our listeners do as well. And um, it's so easy for the pressures of this world to and, and the day to crowd us out. And you know, it? David, when I was at college, uh, I, I had a roommate in those days, and uh, I actually knew what his his timetable was on the on the door, and I knew when he was going to be in class. And so I actually um, timetabled myself. I didn't tell him this when I knew he wasn't going to be in the room, so I could actually have some devotional time. But uh, you know, it is just so important to hold ourselves accountable. Now, for mums, it may be, hey, okay, uh, Bubba's asleep. I'm going to have, you know, 20 minutes uh, to be able to, you know, and, uh, you know, that priority is just so important in our lives. And that personal prayer then leads us to corporate prayer and... I think we should all have a prayer partner, someone we pray with regularly. I'd love to see all of our pastors or know that they've all got someone who they pray with regularly and who's you're interceding for each other because you're in you're in the you're in the spotlight, you're in the the firing line sometimes. But for every person listening, the same thing. It's great to have that accountability. It's really good to have Absolutely. someone to hold you accountable. And, and I have a friend in Sydney, and, and once a month, uh, it'd be good to be more frequent, we catch up on Zoom and we talk about things and we pray for each other, and it's really special. Lindy, thank you for sharing uh, some really practical, important steps about prayer. I'm wondering if you can lead us in prayer. Sure. I'd be happy to. Gracious Father, we've talked about this communicating with you, this time of prayer, and it's just so important. You love us so much and you want to have an intimate relationship with us. You want to hear from us. You know our hearts and our minds, but this connection that we can have with you gives a greater scope of spiritual awareness and and spiritual insight. So, Father God, for all of us here and those who are listening, I pray that prayer will become so important, that this year will be the year where prayer just becomes more important than anything else and that each person will make a special time to pray, 
themselves and to find someone else to pray with and perhaps even to join with a group, to pray in a group because we know there's power in corporate prayer. Father, we thank you so much that you love us and want to have this relationship with us and it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Thanks for joining um, David and Lindy and Gary. Join us tomorrow when Lindy will continue this series on spiritual revival and tomorrow's topic is Can God's Promises Give Peace, Joy and Victory Over Sin? I hope you can tune in then, but in the meantime, please remember Christ said, I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart, and the peace I give isn't like the peace that the world gives, so don't be troubled or afraid. May God richly bless you. This program has been made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. 